All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. The Avalanche dropped this one five to two to the Los Angeles Kings, and it was tough. It was tough because you got down early by multiple goals. And when you watch this Kings team play, you just knew it was going to be difficult to climb back into this thing. So we'll talk about it. A lot to get to on this episode of Locked on Avalanche. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. You can follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. And before we get to anything here, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, kind of a, an announcement of sorts, I guess, right now. So uh, a, a new platform which you can communicate with us on. Uh, we are it's, it's launched. It's not being launched. It is <clears throat> technically up and ready as of this recording. So if you want to dive deeper into the Avalanche world with Kyle and I, we have a new subscription-based platform called Subtext, uh, which you can subscribe to. It's $4.99 a month. It's in the show notes of uh, your wherever you're watching. If you're watching on YouTube, it's in the show notes there. It's also in the show notes on uh, whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, so you can subscribe to that and have direct text message conversations with Kyle and I. It doesn't get lost in the shuffle of social media and direct messages and all that. And you will get special access to things and get things first, like those now videos that we do that summarize uh, the, the most recent game that we put up on YouTube. Um, you'll get those first. Uh, when we have mailbag questions, your questions will be answered before you know the free versions on instagram and stuff like that so and all along the way like this is brand new so as things come and go with the avalanche we'll, we'll kind of like introduce new features for it um so i mean you see how we interact with people on our youtube channel it'll be that times 10 over on subtext so please feel free to subscribe to that like i said 4.99 a month if you would like to if you don't want to that's totally fine too but uh if you do we appreciate that as well so like i said check the show notes for that all right um let's get to this game because uh this is a kind of a, a, another one in the lost column for the avalanche five to two they got down early and it's not it's so funny because if you're if you're watching the game on altitude uh, you heard uh, Riker say, you know, both th these are two teams that love to get the lead because once they have the lead, it's they don't give it up all that much. I mean, we've seen Avalanche do that in the third period. And man, color me impressed with the Los Angeles Kings because they got a two goal lead. And the way that this game was going, it just felt like the Avalanche were going to have to do everything perfectly to get back, not only get back into the game, which they kind of did, but 
tie this game and then take a lead. And it was just the, the, the way that the Kings play. Uh, I said on, on uh, Twitter when I posted the final score graphic, this is going to be a tough out. This team is going to be a tough out if they that once they get leads, if they can get leads in the playoffs. Man, I was impressed by how the Kings played. Yeah, and the Kings they look good. This is not the Kings that everybody has come to know. This is a different. This is a different animal this year. And honestly, the Avalanche did themselves no favors in periods one and two when it came to passing. Like the shots, yeah, they looked okay. But defense again was it was a fire drill. Everybody abandoned. Um, yeah, the passing. I mean, it all the way up to the, about midway of the second period. I muted the television and just sat there and tried to watch <laughs> without any kind of influence anywhere else on the tempo and the passing. It was abysmal. I don't know the amount of turnovers and. Nothing looked right. Everything looked disjointed, and of course, when you're going up a team up, up against a team like the Kings, they're going to make you pay for it, and they're going to just suffocate you. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, it was a struggle for the Avalanche to you know, get kind of like crisp passes going and really generate um, offense. They would, and and, and you know, th- there were times where the Avalanche had really good offensive possessions in terms of keeping the puck in the offensive zone. But then again, oftentimes it wouldn't end with a pretty, like a good look or a good shot on net. They did have a good amount. Let me see. They had almost 30, exactly 30, they had 30 shots on goal. So they generated, you know, some shots and some shots on goal, but man, like the Kings in like the neutral zone mm. was phenomenal. Like they, as soon as the Avalanche crossed their defensive blue line coming into the neutral zone, the Kings were there and on them. I, it, I'm not. I'm not trying to make excuses for the Avalanche. I, this is one of the games, one of the few games that, of the year where I am giving more credit to the opponent for making the Avalanche get out of their game and play a, a poor game than the Avalanche just throw, you know playing a complete dud. Which I don't think they did. I think the Avalanche, all things considered, and how the Kings played against them, I think the Avalanche fought for it. It was just going to be a a big ask and a tall task to to climb back into this thing because of the way the Kings play when they have a lead. They give you nothing, and that power play was abysmal yep. by the Avalanche. Terrible, absolutely terrible. They did get a goal, and it's just because the Kings overcommitted a little bit and left Nathan McKinnon, of all people, with a lot of time and space, and he, and he buried it, and he did something with it. You needed that to happen four or five times and then not have your defensive lapses on your end to win that game. Plain and simple. And we, we said on last Friday's episode, this is going to be the week that you're not going to make excuses for this team because guess what? Next week, you're going on a four-game road trip, and most of it's in Canada. Then you have the Detroit at the mm-hmm. back end. It's going to get a lot harder from here. And then when you see Dallas hanging 10 on Buffalo above you, and then Kirill Kaprizov going out for the Minnesota Wild, you see the opportunity being there and you want to climb that central and this was going to be a perfect opportunity. And if you hold the Kings 
to 0 for 3, 0 for 4 on the power play, mm-hmm. you're you're doing good, but the power play looked bad. And we talked about the passing, and you don't allow yourself to be down against opponents like this because, like I said, it's going to get rougher next week. You want to play with authority. We just beat the Sharks 6 nothing. You wanted to have some of that momentum translate to the game, and you come out so flat you lose that opportunity. I don't even think they came out flat, man. I don't. I I, I think it was just, it was bad. Uh, well, the, so the first one, uh, the Kempe one. Yeah. The, okay. So the, the Adrian Kempe one was the first one. Uh, that was the two on one. Uh, you know, those happened from time. Like that was not going to get stopped. That was just a very nice play. Um, the second one, the Velarde one is, I mean that's pinpoint accuracy on the on the shot. Uh, the defense could have been a little bit tighter on him. He's camping between Bo Byram and, and Nathan McKinnon, and, and you know the puck is up against the the boards, and there's a battle going there, and it kicks out to him, and he just uh, you're, again like you can't fault Georgiev for that one. That was just a beautiful looking shot, and then the third one, which was Kempe again. The puck kind of finds him in front of the net, and he kind of just does like one of those blind turnaround shots, and that one goes in too. I think that did go off a stick. I think it went off of uh, Taves' stick. So just like fluky, like I shouldn't even say fluky. Like the, the second one, they weren't fluky. All right, maybe that's bad. The third one maybe was. The first two were just really good offensive plays uh, by their scorers. So I, like. How they were playing, I was okay with how they were battling. They were battling, uh, but the Kings got the early lead, and you saw how they play with it. I, I, I'm not disappointed with how the Avalanche played in terms of the effort. I thought the effort was there, but here's the difference. You needed to step up the effort up even more in this game, and the Avs didn't find that next level. They didn't find yep. that next gear. They stayed at a pretty good intensity for the game, and didn't amp it up at all. And part of that is because maybe they just didn't have it. And the other part is the Kings didn't let them get there. So you got you have to give the Kings some credit for, for this one. Yeah, and, and quickly, like, you, I know we have 20 games left. We have games in hand on everybody. It's one of those where you're running out of time. And you want mm. to push. You want to see more of a push because – the season's running out. You you want to put your best foot forward, and with the injury news that you got today with Landis Gog, you, this is going to be your team. You want to establish some kind of momentum going into the playoffs, and you just want to see one more push, and you just did not seem to yeah. get it in this game. And we'll get to that, Gabe Landis Gog. I don't think it's anything new news, but... Um... I don't know. There's, you know, are we getting to the point where it's like, all right, let's just call it. <laughs> Should we just call it? Uh, so we'll get to that. And of course, our sound check and then more to get to on this game as well. But first, we're going to hear from our good friends over at FanDuel. And we're beyond the midway point of the NBA season. And now is the perfect time to download a FanDuel app, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line, two-point scores, two three-pointers drained. Plus, 
FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet for up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel. It's the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, more to get to with this game. Uh, we'll get to some stats here. The Avs with the 30 shots on goal while the Kings have 31. The Kings win the faceoff percentage, 60% to 40%. Uh, the Avs held the Kings to no power play goals, zero for four for the Kings. The Avs did get that one, uh, the Nathan McKinnon one. And let's see here. Um, you had the Evan Rodriguez goal. So Evan Rodriguez, Nathan yep. McKinnon with the with the goals. Alex Newhook, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, and Sam Girard all with assists. Um, I mean, your plus minus. Take it for what it's worth. You had, uh, you know, who, who was it? Was it was Nachuskin and Kale McCarr were well. McCarr was a plus five. In the Sharks game, Nachuskin was a plus four, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nachuskin was a minus three, and so was Nathan McKinnon. Um, Arturi Lekkinen and Nathan McKinnon. Excuse me. I don't know if I just misworded that, but I meant to say Val Nachuskin was minus three and Kale McCarr was minus three. Yeah. So Nathan McKinnon and Arturi Lekkinen, both minus fours. Mm. So these goals that the Kings were scoring, you know, your your aces were on the ice when those goals were scored. And uh, you mentioned Evan Rodriguez getting that goal after him being so snake bitten the other night. You, when he scored that goal, you're like, okay, this is the moment when they're going to push. This mm-hmm. is something you wanted to see. He has it's been a while, and of course it didn't come. But that really was good to see. You're getting goals from him, but it goes back to. The plus minuses again. Take it for what it's worth. You know who's out there when the goals are getting scored. Right. Those are the guys you kind of want to see step up just a little bit when things break down, and it just wasn't there tonight. Yeah, I mean, it could have went south even further in the th- in the first. Excuse me, because they had those two goals, and then um, Alex Newhook took that late penalty in the first, which that just could have sunk them. Yeah. Uh, they 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 killed that off. And then there was another penalty late in the third, which is, was the worst time for. I think there was just over six minutes left. Who had that last uh, penalty? Uh, Lekkinen. Yeah, Lekkinen. Terry Lekkinen had the the hooking. So, and that yeah, there was a little bit over like six minutes. So, just poorly timed penalty. I don't know if there's ever a good time for penalty, but for those two, like, and again, they killed them off, which is good, but. The ads like were putting themselves in. You got that one goal, the McKinnon goal, mm-hmm. got it back to three to two. And then seconds later, the Kings just came back and got another one. I don't understand what happened to that second period with the, the Cogliano holding. Um, he, uh, he, yeah, just he just he laid bear hugged he it. <laughs> I, I had to watch it two or three times. It's one of those that. What is the instance that your your hockey right. fundamentals break down to the point of I have to basically tackle this guy on the twenty yard line? It, I, I, maybe it was just one of those. You know, I just said like there's no uh, good time for a penalty. 
maybe he was thinking that if I don't do this, like he's going to have a, a good shot on goal. It was because uh, was... he was trailing him a little bit. So I feel like he just had to go for broke and just, I'll take the penalty rather than potentially give up the goal. But that was just blatant. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the worst moments. And not skating out that empty net attempt that eventually the Kings did net. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been a potential icing or you want to see somebody go down there and skate it out. But the Kings just, they hit it off the post and they cleaned it up and then put it in. And I, I was just like, Okay, so they, there's no effort left. We're we're packing it in right here. Well, I mean, that play, like, whoever shot it the full length had some juice on that. Like, yeah. that bounced off the board. But you're right. I think, you know, uh, they were thinking, like, oh, I can just skate this down and then we'll get it. But there was so much action on that puck. I mean, that thing bounced all the way back out to the blue line. Yeah. So, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, you got to you gotta play till the end and – uh, it, it just maybe they were just throwing their hands in up at that time, or they just didn't think that that the Kings player was going to be there. I don't know. I don't know. But you it just was, can't assume that stuff. You just got to skate it out. Yeah, two um, head scratching moments from that. Yeah. That, um, that one, one thing, and this again goes to the Kings uh, and the way that they were playing. There's a lot, like I said, there's a few times where the Avs kept the puck in their offensive zone, and we're cycling nice and mm-hmm. and kind of. You know, you could see something forming, and then you'd have, uh, you know, an Avs player to kind of skate, but it was all perimeter. They were skating yeah. all around the perimeter, and there were so there was a few, and I say so many times, a few times where like they're kind of like starting to go behind the net, and then just continue around and not take a chance of just dumping the puck in front of the in, in the net front. They would just skate it around, bring it back out to the perimeter, and then get a long wrist shot from just inside the blue line, which the percentages on that are insanely low. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know you're going to throw, try to get get something like tipped, and and that's what you want. But when you have it that low to begin with, to me, when you keep like fine, you know, you can't do that every single time, and that's a difficult play to do. I understand that, but they weren't even attempting it. They weren't yep. even attempting to throw the putt. There were so many times like JT Comfort was in the middle. I saw Bo Byram in the middle there once. And just to try to throw it, a nice little saucer pass to someone that's right there in, in the net front, mix it up in the net front, you don't know what's going to happen. Never happened. Yeah. Instead, they just keep skating around, pass around the perimeter, and a wrist shot that get blocked. In moments like that, I think the Avalanche in the past about a month, month and a half, the Avalanche have really fallen in love with that deflection goal. Um and I think yeah. that's they're passing around the perimeter to try and set that up. Like, there's nothing wrong. I mean, it's Corpusello in the net. Like, there's nothing wrong with littering those pads with pucks, tallying those shots through the roof, and dirtying up the goal and cleaning up a rebound. Well, those mm-hmm. those goals still exist. You don't yeah. have to get every yeah. goal off a of deflection. You don't right. You don't have to get every goal off a of deflection. And and I think you you're kind of onto something there about that's what the Avalanche seem to rely on a little bit too much like you have the talent to get towards the net and near the net and then when you do you just pull it back out and then just start it all over again leave it in there mix yeah. it up a little bit you have the bodies to do that and may, maybe they were just thinking because the kings have kind of two things that the avalanche well well at least what they have the, the uh, abs of speed obviously the kings 
do have some speed and the Kings have size. Yeah. They are a, a, a speedy team and a tall team and a big team. And maybe the Avalanche are losing a little bit of that, not having guys like Manson in there, not having guys like McDermott, although he doesn't have the speed, obviously. So it's it was just – you watched it, and, and you know, even with the Nathan McKinnon goal on the, uh, on the power play, you, you sat there and you're just like, man, you're going to have to get something greasy to tie this thing. Yep. I, I don't know. It, and I it's, know. I mentioned it's Corpusello in that it's not like we're sitting yeah. here trying to figure out Connor Hellebuck or Vasilevsky. Like, you could, if as long as you're keeping the momentum down there and you're taking face offs right in front of Corpusello, you're getting in his mind, you're going to be okay. You don't have to get super fancy and tricky because if you try and set up those deflection goals, you can miss, go wide, that thing rim around the boards, go back to neutral zone, and then you're, you're fighting momentum the whole game. Like yeah. it's just slow it down. Yep. So um, before we get to the, the uh, Nathan McKinnon, or excuse me, the Gabriel Landeskog stuff. Um, I did want to just bring up Georgia. We talked about him earlier. Um, I don't, I don't really put this on him. I, I think th- those, those couple goals that those early goals were, were good goal scoring goals. And then the third one, was, that was like the fluky one. It was tipped. Um, he was he was in position and it just was tipped and just went over his pads. Uh, stuff like that's going to happen. Um, he had some stops when he like he, he did his thing to try to keep the abs in the game. Um, even the fourth one was a, a, a solid tip. That thing was that yeah. that was a tip of beauty. So it's just one of those things where th- those things were going right for the Kings, and I don't put it on Georgiev. I thought. You know, he, he there was a breakaway goal that he he stopped, which he had to stop. Obviously, Kings are 0 for four on the power play. So um, overall, I, I thought he I thought he did okay. It was just too much for him, too much to, uh, of good things or, or things going the way for the Kings and and not for the Abs. So. I mean, he's off the heels of a yeah, it's a thirteen shot shutout. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's great. But he also falls victim to nights like this when nothing's really going right and then you see those goals go in like he was brought in to kind of run the 1a 1b with franco's there and he's not there so yorgi's going to take the good games he's going to take the bad games yep. you just kind of get a ride with it as long as he's healthy we'll be okay definitely so all right um <clears throat> gabe landeskog obviously talking about him pretty much all season and if you subscribe to the athletic i i I know you, you saw something else on, a, on another Avs site. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which was it? Mile High Sticking maybe? I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to look. I, okay. I remember it coming up, but I started yeah. following it, and kids are on spring break. So right. So, so um, Jared Bednar, I mean, he gets asked about him all the time, and, and he kind of was honest to say, like, do I have concern? Yes, I do have concern. Uh, but it's also one of those things where he could just come out of this and, and be fine. Um. We obviously, last time we were told, it was mid-March. That is around the corner. You don't see anything that would lead you to believe that he he will be back within the next week, right? You're seeing, like, uh, a lot of lot of these uh, people that cover the ads do a really good job at practices of, you know, recording and reporting from those practices. And you do see him skating. Like, he's still skating. I guess that is a positive sign. 
it's not like he's taken a, a step backwards and he's no longer skating because the knee is aggravating him, right? So he was skating and you saw him kind of, you know, you know, flip it and start skating backwards. So, I mean, there is progress there, but it is slow. Yeah. So um, I I have not been, been you know, I'm not going to catastrophize it. Like, you know, I know there's some fans from day one when he was injured that was like, oh, he's going to miss the whole year. Like, no, I'm going to listen to what the Avalanche doctors and team have to say, and I'll go with that. Um, and I'm not saying they're always right. Clearly they're they're not. But they're taking their time with this. And yeah, now I, I, I am at the point now. Like, I, I don't, wasn't going to do this in October. Um, you got a month left in the season. I don't, I just don't, at this point, I don't see him coming back yep. until the playoffs, if at all, even in the playoffs. I, I think it'd be difficult for him to, you know, resurrect this season in the playoffs. He could. It's always possible, but I, I don't know. I just now I get that that gut feeling that no, it, it's it's probably over for this season. And the longer this this saga with Landeskog has gone on, the more little nuggets of the clues of this injury are going on. Like, oh, he's going for knee surgery, but it's not the same one that he went under the knife for before. Mm-hmm. And it's continue. It's one step forward, two steps back. He's on the ice, but not all the way. And then. The article that's been going around, you could take it two ways. Like the athletic, they did a great job with giving the full context of everything that's going on. But you see the clickbaity side of things where it's like, will Landis Gog ever be elite? Well, Bednar said mm. he could come back and be 100% or he could come back and not. You never know with how this thing is progressing, but he's on the ice and he's trying, which right. is understandable, which is yeah. great. But at this point, we mentioned earlier, 20 games left. It doesn't matter if he could wake up tomorrow and be 100%. I don't know if he's going to be, and I don't think that's something the Avalanche want to work around right now and make it worse, potentially. Right, exactly. So, I mean, he's been out this long for the season. They're, they're not rushing him back. No. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm even getting messages from people thinking, like, his career is over. I'm like, nah, I, I'm not going there. Like, again – I didn't go there for the whole season in October. I'm not going. His entire career is over because of this. Could he not be the same player after this? That's a conversation that, that we can have, but I'm not going to the, the lengths of his career being over because of this. I mean, he's obviously taking a long time to heal, um, but I, I, I can't, I'm not going to go down that road just yet if there's other things that come out of this then we'll have that conversation later but i don't think right now it's it's, it's an injury and he's, other guys have lost years because of injuries we haven't seen darren helm either no wasn't he in practice um i think he was in a uh or he might have been in a no contact i think yeah so, so it's it's the same between the two yeah. so just just and manson and yeah, same thing with josh oh, manson, manson. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean you got to feel for josh manson this oh. year. crazy so all right, last bit of info to get to, and that is our Locked On Avalanche sound check. Kyle and I pick two songs that we feel best summarize the most recent game. Put these songs up on a playlist over on Spotify. If you want to follow along with that, just search LOA Soundcheck volume number two over on Spotify. What do you got for this one? A band I grew up on, they're the Flintstone Vitamins of my healthy musical taste. <laughs> band called metallica 
I was going to say Flintstone Vitamins is a great band name too. Oh man. That, Co- yeah. Let's copyright that, right? right yeah, right yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's already copyrighted. Oh, no. <laughs> that those Flintstones, they yeah. own everything. The day that never comes. Mm, I love that song. It's after the 6-0 Sharks game and it was the first two periods that really just aggravated me with this game. I this song creeped into my head watching the game muted. I was like, this team's just going to be like night and day all year long. You never know what you're going to get. Every playoff series is going to be seven games. It's the day that never comes is 100% Colorado Avalanche hockey night in, night out. I like it. <clears throat> I like it. I haven't listened to that one in a, in a while. Yeah, it's a good song. Good, good song. I like Great it. video. I remember the video, but not vividly. I, I got to. I'll go watch it. Yeah, it's very right. good. It's like the war themed one. Very good. Um, I'm going with uh, a, a one of my favorite Stone Temple Pilot songs, mm. and uh, pretty simple. The name of the song is "Down," and <clears throat> it's kind of like twofold. It's like yeah, the because of the game, as we're down the entire game, and you're kind of hovering on the, again this yin yang season for the Avalanche. The ups and downs. Yeah, you won a game, but you won a game against San Jose. All right, let's let's call that what it is. You blew them out. Good. I'd rather you know. It's like you can't win if you're the Avs. If if you beat the Sharks two to one, what are you doing beating the Sharks two to one? And if you beat them six to nothing, well, you're supposed to beat them six to nothing. So you can't win if you try. If you're the yeah. Avs, um, but you know this is another stretch of remove that game, and the Avs have been down a little bit lately. So I guess. The other side of that is the way that this season's going. I think there's clear skies ahead because we're going to go on a six-game winning streak, like like we have been, because we that's what we've been doing this year is following good with bad, and then following the bad with good, and it's just this nonstop roller coaster. Right now, it's down, so that's what we're going with. Stone Temple Pilots down. I, I dig that. So, uh, we're, we're, and we're going to do that on the uh, subtext too. So, if you have uh, some of your favorites for, uh, you know, your own sound check, you can text those to us, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll do stuff with this subtext thing. It'll be fun. So, uh, that's going to wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. We always appreciate that. Follow us on our socials, and again, yeah, please subscribe to the uh, subtext and chat with mr shaggy von doom and myself about everything avalanche so that is going to wrap it up uh we'll be back on monday see how these things go over the weekend so um yeah thanks for tuning in everyone he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris Maselli, and this is the locked on avalanche podcast after the weekend see you guys monday go abs go